Blog Talk Radio.
So uh, it's like, you know, it's a turning point. It, it's time to get a real, real character going and and be my own person. You know, flip the switch, Jackal and Mr. Hyde all the way. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it, it looks amazing. I could see why the Japanese would absolutely go gaga for it. What's can you can you walk us through? I know Larry's got a hundred questions for you, but can you walk us through the process where you got booked in Japan? How did that come about, and uh, how excited were you when you were told you, it was going to happen? Man, honestly, you know, I was I was talking to a close friend of mine, and uh, we were talking. He he said, you know, I know you're not afraid of failure, and I know you're not afraid to. Uh, um, to make something of yourself, but he goes, well, take that back. He really said I was a, he thought I was afraid to succeed. He's like, you got all the talent in the world. He said, but you're afraid to succeed. Like he goes, you can make it. You just got to do it. So, you know, I'll go in this tryout with a ton of athletes that are amazing physical form, all that. And, and at the time, I was 408 pounds when I went to that yeah. tryout. And I go in there, and we did a two-minute match, and I kept it simple. And I went, uh, <clears throat> I showed off my character, the character I've been working on. And at the end, they said, you know, I scored highest in character. And they they invited me to Japan, and once they invited me, it like, I was shell-shocked. I looked around when they first said Cyrus. I was like, what? <laughs> and then it was <laughs> yeah. like, hey, here you go. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I, you know, I, I think it was a smart way to go, man, because, si- I mean, you can't teach your size, right? Of course, you can't teach your size, but – to to right. to really emphasize the one place. I mean, because let's be honest, they're looking for that as a weakness, right? They're looking like, well, yeah, he's just going to be some big dude who's going to go out here and he's going to boot somebody in the face. And he's not going to show us anything <laughs> that's going to surprise us. And instead, I mean, it sounds like you knocked them on their ass, man. It sounds like you went in there and you worked this character and they they completely bought it, which is just wonderful, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, that was a, a big uh, career change for me, you know, like uh, looking at how I looked at everything. And, you know, it led me to other bigger bookings like with Wildcat. Uh, uh, I got to go to Wildcat, which was amazing, in Louisiana yeah. uh, with Luke Hawk. That dude's scholar all the way, as I'd say. But <clears throat> once uh once I got picked for Japan, I was like, you know what? You're going to go there, and you're not going to be a fat, slow guy. You're going to get in shape and be ready, and you're going to show Japan everything you got. Yeah. So I trained hard, and, you know, now I've dropped 68 pounds. So, Holy oh, crap. And yeah, yeah, the muscle's coming, which in Japan I dropped in only two weeks in Japan. I dropped 25 pounds. Like that's that's how rigorous the workouts are. Yeah, man. I was eating all the time. Like I was eating my ass off. Like I I love food. <laughs> and, <laughs> but the workouts, <laughs> the workouts, man, were just so hardcore that it was amazing. And I was like, man, I want this life. This is what I want. This is honestly what I've dreamed of. I just needed to to tighten the belt up and work for it, you know? So, Cyrus, I asked Trevor this, and I'm curious to ask you, what surprised you about Japan? Man, culture shock all the way. Yeah. Like, everyone has everyone has so much respect for everybody. It, it, it would be great, like, even if they didn't like you, they could tell you to go to hell in the nicest way. And you would just look at them and say, "Uh huh, yeah, cool, yeah, all right." <laughs> I mean, so even if they didn't like you, it ain't like they hate you or anything. It's just, well, we don't have to talk to you. <laughs> uh, training that was uh, that was super intense. You know, a typical day we would get up and you'd start the running morning for ten minutes, and then you do 
300 Hindu squats, 200 crunches, 100 push-ups. Then you went into stretches, and then you did in-ring workouts. And what I loved about it is, like, even over there, they keep it basic and simple. Like, the small things matter to them so much. Yeah. Just on how you bump. I, it was it was just great. Like, and listening to Kaz and, and all during the training while he was watching it. He'd say, hey, work on this. Do this. It was like, okay, let's do it. I mean, and I love the fact that there's not a lot of egos there either. Like, even your head mm. coaches in Japan, the head coaches in Japan, we'd get up in the morning and you'd eat chonko, which was breakfast, lunch, yeah. and dinner, uh, which is amazing, <laughs> though. Like, I, I, I could still eat that all the time. <laughs> but uh, even the coaches, we would clean, and we would clean the dojo. And even the head coaches were there cleaning with you. And it was like, wow, okay. So they they were very family-oriented. It wasn't like, you know, well, I'm higher on the food chain than you, so you're going to do this for me. And I absolutely mm. love that. Well, it's a very different cultural mindset. Yeah, it's just a totally different cultural mindset. Even how their businesses run and society runs. It's I'm, I, I mean, adapting that must have been pretty difficult. But it sounds like you did it just great. I'm sorry, Larry. You were going to ask him something else. No, I was just wondering what's in Chanko. What is it? Oh God. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's a stew with everything like cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> cabbage, pork chicken anything like that it's just a big stew and then and then once you dip it you put it over rice and okay it is it is amazing <laughs> I, and see, and see, see silas loved it i hated it i hated it at first but then the more people who dropped out the bigger share of it that you got and then you then you started craving it. You started craving it just because your body needed the calories so badly. And then so you started being secretly glad when guys dropped out. So when I trained, it was like 20 of us, and they were trying to get us to quit. And so as guys dropped out left and right, it's like, oh, now I'm getting more food. It's like, <laughs> and then but all you focused on was how much food you got. You were so happy. Yeah. So. Right. I think I think that's the reason. Like I made sure I was the first one in the kitchen. Like, as soon as I knew yeah. breakfast, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, ain't nobody going to push me out of the way. I'm I'm getting my food. <laughs> well, what, was it, what was it like working in front of a Japanese crowd? How was that different? That is amazing. Like, mm. we were, we were out there and the bell rings. And usually, you know, back home, I'm used to hearing cheering, booing. You know, vice versa. However, the show's supposed to go. Here, you could have heard a pin drop, and you look around, and all eyes are focused on you. Like there's nobody on cell phones or anything. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, wow. Okay. All right. Let's try this. And then you do a move, and they'd like it. They'd start clapping, and then then you would get cheers from them too when you did certain moves. And I was just like astonished by it. So, and it was funny, the, the first show that we got to do, uh, someone referenced me as Giant Bernard and asked if I was Giant Bernard. Oh, wow. And I came back to, yeah, they were like, did you come back from, like, is that you, Cyrus, are you Giant Bernard, is that you? <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, dang it, I should have just went with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it felt amazing. To, to be able to do that, like uh, to be able to get that resemblance from those people and, and get the pictures from them where they took pictures of the show. And it, it's very humbling. Like it, it was like I, I worked my ass off and, you know, it, it's it's paying it, you know. <laughs> Our, um, Cyrus, were there, is there anything that you would like be sort of reflexively do or normally do working in the United States were in the ring that over there just was not going to work. You just had to, you just couldn't, you just had to drop it. It, it wasn't going to work in that environment. Yeah, you know, it was funny over there, you know, over here, I used to wear my shirt all the time in the ring 
Well, over there, I had to drop the shirt. Cause came up to me, and he goes, you wear a shirt out to the ring, no good wrestling. Take it off. I said, fair enough. (laughs) He goes, he goes, don't worry. They love big white guys. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right. So, you know, that took me out of my comfort zone because, you know, I was still, I had that mentality like, man, everybody's ripped and stuff like that. Well, that ain't what they were looking for. They were, they were wanting the, you know, the big, um, Sorry, <clears throat> they wanted the big uh, like Vader tie and stuff that had the stomach and all the to go out there and wrestle and show that they could move and have speed. So you know that that was really the big thing. Other than that, I went out and I did my character. I did my I did some of my move sets. I didn't I didn't throw everything out there because I was like hey, you know I'm going to be coming back, so I'm not going to waste it all and. In one trip, I'll, yeah, I, I got to give something to feed people back more, you know. So I was going to ask about that. So you're going to be back? Is that is that yeah. for sure? Or oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's hundred uh, percent sure. Sonny, oh no, he's already been. Uh, he and I, we we talk a few times every, all through the week. Um, he's become uh, part of my agent, which is on my business cards now. Um, mm-hmm. On the back, he's my agent slash manager, talent relations. We were talking, and uh, my next tour in Japan is probably going to be around three weeks, like a three-week tour, um, just to see if we can get more of the crowd and, and, you know, to make sure you're a draw. I mean, they're going to spend a lot of money on you. They want to make sure that, you know, that you're what they're looking for. Yeah. So. So you just got to make sure you're able to go out there and entertain them. So, <clears throat> how do you uh, how do you keep the momentum going now that you're back in the states? Man, uh, well, I get up every day, and uh, I tell myself, "You're gonna go work out and get better and stronger. You're gonna yeah. get more in shape, <clears throat> and when you go back, you're gonna be even." bigger and stronger when you go back and there's no way they can tell you no that's <laughs> right, right. That, that, that's what they're going to want <clears throat> and I come back and I, I work on my skill set I, I still do I still do the workouts I did in Japan I didn't just stop when I got back I'm like that, there was a reason for that because that's part of a life change and if you want to succeed like however you look or whatever, you want to make sure that you're making the changes for the right. Yeah. Oh, it's so awesome, man. I mean, I, God, you just, Oh, so what's the, what's the goal? Obviously now you've, you've made it to a point in your career. That's a turning point. I mean, it's clearly a tipping point as it were. Right. So now you're oh, yeah. a commodity. Now you're, now you're being seen in Japan. What what are you, what else are you thinking about now with a, like new goals or or maybe goals that you had before that now seem more attainable? What are your kind of tangible goals at this point? Well, you know, in between travel of of going overseas and stuff, I mean, I, I'm always looking for more in the U.S. Like, I mean, I love the Georgia scene, but I'm looking for new places like new states and stuff, which Wildcat, as yeah. I said before, is amazing. Um, I'm booked there again on Christmas. Uh, Luke Hawk, you know, uh, he and I, we've talked a couple of times. He likes he, he likes me a lot. He likes the character, and he can. He said to me one day, he says, you know, I can see, but to get somewhere, so I want to help you along yeah. the way, and you know that meant a lot. So, um, also, I I just really I love the uh, the my physical, how, let's say, I, I love how my body's transforming. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to keep working every day to get stronger and faster. I mean, I, I just, I want to be a big monster that everybody's like, man, that's a freight train right there. And, you know, he's not just fat or anything like that. That dude's got muscle. 
I still have a stomach. I mean, I'll always have that. I mean, I love food, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to eat my I'm going to eat my eight thousand calories a day and be happy, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, good calories, of course. Like, <laughs> but um, and you know, the big thing is getting back to Japan, of course. And Sonny mentioned something to me about in the works with. Uh, uh, possibly going to the UK, so I mean, wow, that, that would be even bigger. Like you know, if you turn it into a tour with Japan and UK, I'd I'd be ecstatic about that. Fantastic. Do you look at the um, how do you look at the Georgia scene differently now that you're back here? It starts like, you know, what you may want to do, what you don't want to do. Has it changed how you how you look at Georgia? No, I mean, that, that's the thing. Here in Georgia, you know, we have a ton of talent, which I know we have. there's tons of talent in other states too. But, like, here in Georgia, there's so many shows, we have a ton of talent. And um, I do want to give a shout-out to, you know, to all the workers, it seems like, every year and everybody is stepping up to, to yeah. up their game. Like, and it's amazing. It, I, I'm finding, a lot of, you know, years back, you had workers that had egos and stuff, but now it's like people are getting more mentally focused, like, hey, we're here to entertain people. Like, it's a job. It's not like we're, you know, it's, it's not UFC or something like that where I'm going to knock this guy out, so I'm going to tell him, you know. But, I mean, it, it's that well, the, the way the world's got now with the entertainment factor and, you know, kayfabe's pretty much shot to hell, but still people, people want to be entertained. They absolutely do. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've had people come to me after batches and say, you know, I don't like wrestling, but the way you acted in the ring was amazing and I loved it. So I'm going to bring my kids back, you know, and that's like, that lets you know, Hey, I'm doing my job. And, uh, and that's what it's really all about. It's entertainment. Like, there's a reason we're all in this. Like, you know, we we want to entertain people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kayfabe may be dead, but people, but fans still want, they want larger-than-life characters. They want to believe. They want their disbelief suspended. And if you can do that, you you know, you're you're doing something, you know, you're like you're saying, you're entertaining. You're entertaining. People. Oh yeah, I mean that that's like, you know, a lot of people they never thought much of Goldberg, but you know, when I was growing up, I was a little kid. So watching him, the entertainment factor there, you know, Jackhammer and Spear, it, it was amazing. Like I I remember my imagination running wild on a trampoline, you know, and <laughs> thinking, hey, I love it. Thinking, <laughs> I'm going to rock this out, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and I mean, it helped. That stuff helped pave the way for us. I mean, it, you, you know, you come across you come across wrestlers all the time that have a great entertainment factor, but their skill might not be so great. But right. So good. It doesn't matter. Which, vice versa, depending on your crowd. Now, you put that in front of a, a crowd that wants to see pure – Athletic wrestling, that entertainment's not going to work. You, you know, you got to find it, and you got to see what everybody's working with to, to make it work. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Larry, I'm going to step away for five minutes, and I'll be right back. So I'm just going to mute it for okay. five minutes. Just then, I didn't want to scare you, but we just arrived at the hotel, so I'm going to check <laughs> in, and then I'll be back. Understood. <laughs> understood. <laughs> So um, what, what, I know you're going to be you're uh, lined up for the uh, December to Remember show for Anarchy. Yep. yep Where sir. might people yep. be able to see you around the uh, Georgia area in the near future? You got any other things lined up? Yeah. Um, well, I've got I've got Wrestle America coming uh, the before Christmas show on December 14th, um, which is another good quality show. It's ran by by um, George Lambert, he's one of the head guys there, and I mean, and Dennis Gale, he's one of the head promoter, 
well, he's the owner. <laughs> um, you've got that coming up. We've I've got GPW coming up, of course, um, on the 20th. Then, um, you know, this weekend I'm attending WrestleCade with Wrestle One. So oh, I'm nice. pretty excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So, and I've got uh, Wildcat coming up too with December 25th. So. You, you, I'm, I'm um, pretty excited about it. You, you mentioned WrestleMerica, and I'm always curious about when when uh, talent goes to WrestleMerica because it's WrestleMerica because it's kind of a different environment down there. At least it is to me. I just wonder what your perception of it is when you've when you've gone down to Barnesville. Man, it, you know it's 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 different. Like you know, the crowd will let you know if you suck. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, and and uh, that I think that's what the cool thing is. Like, you come out there, like, I mean, they'll they'll call stuff out on you all the time. It, it's like, all right, well, you are pretty smart, but all right, let me see what I can do, you know. And I absolutely love that because um, because it's a different crowd. It's a different crowd setting. And then, I mean, you've got people there that. If you get near them, they'll hit you with stuff. Like, they'll hit you with a umbrella or a cane, whatever they can, or a purse. I mean, that's one of them things. Like, they'll swing it at you, and it's like, ooh, all right. But, they, you know, they won't ever go across the guidelines, like, come up to your face or anything like that. But And it lets you know that you're doing a good job there. And, I mean, I like the setup. The setup's always been tremendous, and uh Dennis has always been super professional with all of his workers, um, any talent that he books or anything. He's always super professional with them. And the locker room's amazing. Like all the guys in there, they get along, and, and which is a good thing. That that's how you help make shows better, honestly, in my opinion. It's one of the only places that I can think of where you still have separate entrances for baby faces and heels. Oh yeah, uh, Dennis is huge on that, and uh, and you know what's funny about that? Uh, you mentioned that when I was in Cork and Hall in Japan, we had separate entrances. We had to uh-huh. come in from separate ways, and I thought that was amazing. I was like, this is truly old school. Like they're keeping everything separated because they want to sell that belief to the crowd, like. Exactly. These guys haven't seen each other. They hate each other. You know, they're wanting to hurt each other. And I absolutely love that. Like, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I mean, of course, like I, being such an old timer, came through the air when there was no promotion would ever think of having guys come out through the same entrance. There was no yeah, such right. thing as that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting that's, that it's still, it, that's, that's good. For me, that's good to hear that it's still done that way in Japan. And I guess that shouldn't surprise oh, yeah. me that, that it is. Yeah, and I mean, if you love 80s rock music, too, like, they are huge fans of 80s rock in Japan, <laughs> uh, which is pretty amazing, too, so. But I, how, that, how, is the tra- how is the travel over the there? What? How, how, did you, how did you guys get around travel-wise over there? And, uh, uh, the uh, subway. Uh-huh. That's, that's all we ever did. Uh, we we either did that or walk. And um, the way they're so uniformed over there, uh, you know, you have a huge crowd of people. And as we were told, you know, if you always walk to the left, you never run into anybody or anything, and you don't. And and that was amazing. Um, the subways were so clean. Like I don't know if you've ever been like. Um, in uh like say Atlanta subway well the the uh, yeah uh, quite a bit <laughs> okay so yeah so sometimes you're afraid to touch stuff because it's dirty or whatever I mean to an extent uh <laughs> you know there everything's so clean like even the streets as busy as Tokyo is in Shinjuku and stuff the streets are so clean it's like how but it's because of of the mindset that they have, and when you get on the, when you get on their subways, it says 
in English and Japanese. It says you are to give your seat up to the elderly, anyone that is disabled, or a mother bearing child, a woman bearing child. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I was like, man, we could learn a lot. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's just common decency, you know, just having manners and treating people right, you know. So and the weirdest thing that got me, Larry, was they don't lock their bicycles up at night. They don't even lock up the electronics in the stores or anything. Like, you could just walk in, grab an iPad, and walk out. Uh, but they don't worry about it. Like, it, it's of no concern to them. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. As <laughs> it, some of the weirdest, you know, you, you look at that and like, man, back home, all that stuff would be getting gone. <laughs> like, people yeah, would so it's just, like, it's man, just, that's easy. Again, <laughs> again, just so ingrained in the culture that people just, just that's not just not, that's something they just would not do. Right, yeah, it's just something that, that they wouldn't do. Like, I had a guy tell me, he said, you know, back home, the way y'all, uh, like, if someone gets murdered, it's bad. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's horrible. He said, that's how we value stealing, is as bad as murdering someone. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I got to thinking about it, and what he meant is pretty much it's the livelihood. You know, I mean, you're taken away from them where – you know, they can't support their family and stuff. So I was like, wow, okay, all right, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> hey, Cyrus, this has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for giving us yes, some sir. time. And, um, oh, yes, sir. I wish you um, all the best. It sounds like you've got more great things coming up. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great one. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. All right, we'll see you. Bye. See ya. Bye. And I'm back. Boy, talk about timing. <laughs> yeah. And he's here. The Booker of Southern Fried Championship Wrestling. Todd Sexton joining the tipping point. Welcome, sir. Hey guys. Hello. Hey. Hello. Whew. And we're all checked in. Going? It's exciting. <laughs> it's going good, Todd. I'm here in North Kakalaki. So <laughs> Oh, is that where you went? Yeah, well, I'm, we're, we're stopping here tonight. We literally just arrived at the hotel. I drove like eight hours, and then I finished the drive tomorrow. We're going to be in like the Washington, D.C. area. So. Oh, okay. Madness, madness, madness. Is it family up there? You got family up there or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. My sister's, uh, my, my middle sister's family is there and my mom. So should be okay. great. Haven't seen them in a while for sure. So. Oh, wow. All right, so, so – Thanksgiving, and Todd, I gotta yeah. ask, as the guy who, I mean, I've wrestled shows on Thanksgiving. I never got to book the Thanksgiving show, especially in the South. I imagine that's a big, huge deal for you. It well, cause this is the third year we've done it, and yeah. it seems like it gets a little bigger and bigger each year. I mean, we, uh, it was Charles's idea, and at first I was like, he announced it without talking to me about it, so. Um, so immediately that's why I put together the war games match because I went with whatever you know I was like okay if we're gonna do that we're gonna do this and you know we it it was cool for the whole traditional thing especially being in the south like you said and Larry as you know the tradition at the Omni and stuff Um, so and then we did it again last year to good success and then of course what all's happened this year it's made it even bigger with doing the tournament stuff so it's uh, and it's, it's it feels like it's going to be a big deal, which is nice. Yeah, when we were um, talking out at uh, um, Anarchy tonight, you mentioned that you guys actually um, you tried running you've tried running some radio ads for this. Yeah, I was uh, you know uh, David um, wanted to try that out. It was also suggested to him, and um, we'll see how it plays. I mean, it seems so archaic, radio ads. You know, I mean, because you know. Who listens to the radio anymore? But apparently, people still do. So it'll be interesting to see if that makes a difference in the gate or not. Yeah, it's it's like I imagine in Atlanta. Well, of course, it'd be probably cost prohibitive too. But out there in in that area, maybe maybe it it could actually produce something. Yeah, it because it is you know places like Monroe and Athens is not exactly you know as 
technologically advanced, <laughs> for lack of a better term, of a place like Atlanta. Um, so radio may be more, still more of a factor. So we'll, it'll, be, it'll be cool to see if that has an effect or not, if we're just wasted money. Uh, Todd, the process of a tournament, booking a tournament, um, I feel like a lot of people outside of wrestling or even in wrestling who aren't bookers or bookers who have never done it before think, oh, tournament's so easy. I remember how much they used to get kicked around. It was one of the things I honestly hated about why we wrestle, where everything was a fucking oh, tournament. Oh, God. Really? Right? You're going to bring, you're gonna bring that tournament it, up? <laughs> well, it was, always just like a, it was just such a cosmic Good disaster. God. I mean, Danny's ideas were just such shit. And then, and then, you know, they couldn't keep it going, and guys wouldn't show up. And, like, when you were putting together this tournament, obviously you've got great guys all over that tournament. But how did you determine – who is going to be in it? Obviously, like, you know, the Southern Fried Mainstays are going to be there, but how hard was it? Um, who are some guys that, like, were kind of on the bubble of being in this tournament and who didn't make the cut that it just broke your heart to not? Because there's, there's no way it's as neat and clean as you want it to be, right? I mean, that's tough. Yeah. It's I, tough to make that call. Yeah, it's 10 guys. So, I mean, you're, you know, it's 10 guys. And I, and I made it 10 guys because I added the four-way. So I could have more guys in it. So I, I you know, I mean, uh, will caution uh, not being in it, but I'm going to use that for something. Billy um, Buck um, and um, AC Mac, and it's just, you know, reasons. Uh, you know, people got family stuff. So I was like, if you got family, you know, because some people wanted to do it, but they weren't sure. And I was like, so because I had a plethora of guys to use. Um, and even I considered outside guys bringing in somebody to make it special, but I figured that wasn't, you know, fair and may not have affected as far as drawing goes as it would our own guys. So it was, yeah. um, it was just, you know, it was that fine line. And I did, you know, think about all that stuff. Well, and it, it is a hell of a lineup. I mean, just looking at it, you, you've got the anarchy heavyweight champion and the number one facing the, the, uh, top contender from Anarchy. You got one of the tag teams of the year are in there. You got a couple guys that would certainly be in consideration for most improved wrestler of the year. You got last year's technical wrestler of the year, last year's wrestler of the year. It's pretty star-studded uh, lineup you got going here. Yeah, and I got Adrian Hawkins and Corey Hoffman and they're not even in the tournament. Right, right. That's going to be a hell of a match. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I'm on paper and in my mind, it's going to be fucking great. So, you know. Well, I, I imagine particularly since um, this tournament really wasn't the plan, right? I mean, this the way this came about was not by the most desirable method. That's correct. Yeah, it was a, uh, you know, I mean, I had some different ideas for the tournament. Um, and uh, Or maybe the, the night. I thought about doing a tournament because we did one last year um, for the Phase 1 trophy and stuff, but... I didn't really want to do the same thing, so I was thinking about some different stuff, but then this came about, or the Jacob Ashworth thing came about, so I was like, well, let's do on Thanksgiving night and have the tournament and just make it as big as possible. What, what, Todd, what are, what are some of the ideas, if you don't mind talking about that, that hit the cutting room floor because of the Jacob? I don't, I don't really – this might shock you. I'm not really interested in – delving into Jacob Ashworth. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm more interested in, like... It feels I mean, like I'm more interested. It, it does, and I mean, yeah. oh, God. And he, and him since then, I want to talk about it even less, because it's just, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, You're but I am me. interested... <laughs> I mean, to think that you and I were on the phone... I mean, that's, yep. a, that's a funny story, right? I mean, you and I were on the phone talking about something else. I mean, it was loosely about that, but we had no idea. I mean, this was before he dropped. I mean, no, I think he literally yeah. dropped that video dropped. as you and I were talking on the phone. And so yeah. we had no idea. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess my decision, you know, I guess we figured out what we need to figure out now. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, how do we handle this, right? It was kind of like, how do we handle this? And then it was just like, well, I guess the decision, I think as you put There's it, the no decision is kind of made for me, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said you, yep. So freaking so. funny. But So what, what, what ideas, I mean, if you don't mind talking about it, what ideas hit the cutting room floor 
um, in favor of the tournament. Because I'm sure at first well, you and David had to be going like, what the hell? Like, what, what are we going to do about all this? No, you know, it's funny. Uh, no, I, I had the tournament idea right then and there. David asked me, what are we going to do? I was like, we'll do a tournament Thanksgiving night. I, that hit like that, honestly. I mean, I had, you know, that's immediately what I thought. Um, yeah. Cutting room floor. Um, and it's funny, it was before the WWE announced, did their pass, started announcing their Survivor Series stuff, and they've gotten away from the elimination matches. So I thought about maybe having a big elimination match on the show to bring back that kind of tradition for those fans who remember that um, as yeah. an idea. And that was just on the drawing board. Um, but I thought about something like that just to give it that Thanksgiving feel. And, um, but then, you know, this happened. So it was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. But that was, I, you know, with Thanksgiving, it, it's, you try to go for tradition in a way. So, yeah. you know, so because it gives that vibe, especially to our audience. And, um, but, um, so that was like the only idea that I had. I mean, Corey and Adrian ever since Crossroads was a given for the reaction it had when they squared off. So it seemed yeah. like that that was the natural next step there for, for them. Um, cause originally, uh, honestly, Adrian was going to be off till the end of the year after the casting oh. match was the plan. And, but the Corey, the him and Corey stuff was so hot. It was like, you know, let's take advantage of this and, uh, do this. And both guys were extremely excited and on board for it. Um, but it's an example of leaving, you know, stuff open you know, because people have asked me, some of the guys have asked me, oh, what's the plan for this? What's the plan for this? I was like, guys, this Thanksgiving show was not planned the way it is. So you got to, <laughs> you know, I can give you broad strokes, but, you know, you got to, until we get closer, I can't give you exactly, because who knows how things will flow out Thanksgiving night. You know, there may be an audible called and stuff. So, Well, I was going to say, I think there's going to be a, a tension there. That's a good tension. You know, sometimes when things are planned way too far in advance, it, it mm -hmm. just leaves room for it to fall apart. I mean, I, you know, I was privy to some of the things that Rick at one point wanted to do at Anarchy. And to me, honestly, when he said it at the time, where he was like, oh, you know, Halloween, you know, for the Halloween show, you know, we, I've got it planned a year in advance. And I thought, there's no way it's fucking happening. Like, I didn't want to tell him that, but I'm like, that's not going to happen. But I, and there's no, guarantee, yeah, I there's no guarantee that that one or both of those guys are going to be that over or available or, you know, and I, it's like, I understood that I did it, but they were my students, right? Like <laughs> it was much easier yeah. to plan of like, well, they got to kind of do the show. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you kind of count on a lot of things, you know, it was different. So I think, I think it's going to have an interesting feel in that it's going to feel dangerous. And really, there's a lot of unknown factors. And that's a hard thing to pull off of this day and age, of this feeling of, because there's almost this, like, you're either stuck in doing what people inevitably know that you have to do or doing a surprise for surprise sake, which almost always comes across as, well, okay, yeah, I'm surprised, but it just feels unsatisfying. Um, this really has a chance to be something really different and unique. I think it, I think it could be end up being really. I mean, you hate to see what happened with Jacob happen. At the at the same time, you know, there's a good chance to come out stronger on the other end. Honestly. Well, as you said that, and I said this to multiple people. I haven't said this to you yet. Um, I think I said it to Larry the other night. In a way, I'm actually sort of glad it's happened. Because A, it shows we can take it in the, in the, on the chin and come back. And B, it opened up a whole new realm of creativity. Mm. You know, it, it did open up the floodgates to, okay, wipe the slate clean. Now we can do this, this, and this, and I don't have to prepare, you know. And it is, um, you know, and that is right about the tournament. You know, you, you throw a, a, a curveball in there, who wins? Well, that may shock people and pop people for the night, but long-term business, is that the thing to do? Which, you know, I've had people go, oh, you should do this. I was like, I'm sure you think I should do that. But, you know, I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. And, and then I win the title is always the idea from a wrestler. Like, <laughs> you, you. I will not tell you yeah. who, but I've gotten that message. And I was like, well, I got this idea since this thing with Jacob happened when, you know, after everything went down. Um, Da 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 wins the title and then I beat him. I was like, of course you do. Of course that's true. <laughs> Brilliant. 
It's like, I don't want to do that, but I just feel like it would be the most over. You know, I don't yeah, take the burden the onto myself of going over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whenever the idea ends with like, somebody winning the title, I'm like, okay, there's a different perspective problem here, which, as you know, is rampant among the boys. Yeah. For for the Halloween show, I mean, for the Thanksgiving show, just uh, what are the logistics? What time does it start? How do people get tickets? Where is it? And all that kind of stuff. I just want to get that stuff out in front just so people can hear that. I appreciate it. Um, 7 o'clock, you know, watch any David Manders video. He'll give you the full rundown. Kelly, where yeah. is it? 405 Community Court. <laughs> Mar- 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 Georgia, Boys and Girls Club. 7 o'clock. Open the Let's get fried. We go, uh, you can call the, the number. You can call Angela. I don't know the number. Um, off the top of my head, but you can, you know, anybody can go to the the uh, the Facebook fan page and whatever page and get tickets and stuff, or buy them at the door. Awesome. That's why I don't do the promotion for the show. <laughs> what is this um this whole thing with Jacob and everything else? I mean, I know Mander's been through the ringer up and down, and it seems now just just from the outside perspective looking in that he's really kind of come out of the other end of this but you yeah. weren't really publicly like you didn't really make a display of any of this so it was hard to gauge how it was all affecting you how did it affect you i mean how like uh, what was and and the relationship between you and manders it seemed like that strengthened but what was that like when the whole tumultuous thing was going on it was frustrating i mean it was uh you know, you had the threat, and um, I think even in your videos you may have uh, made it, oh, we're sad. And, yeah, we were because we were worried about how this was going to affect, and not just for the fact that um, how the perception it hurt the company and stuff, is that realistically fans were angry that Jacob was no longer there and no longer champion. I mean, it was a, you know, and people voiced that. Um, and that, getting through that first night, I think, was the key. That was key. I mean, yeah, me and Manders, we've always, you know, we we were fine and strong. And, you know, for him, I mean, you talk about diving into it. You know, we're about two years into him being a promoter and having to deal with this. I mean, you talk about, you know, trial by fire. He's getting it. Yeah. What What do you I think? Mean, I mean, I know Larry has questions, but I just find the whole thing so fascinating. Because, I mean, I'm sure the perception was like, Ah, oh, Steve's fucking burying us, right? I'm sure that's what it was. But for me, it's just like I had to I had to tell the truth, and I had to go like, "There's a great chance for a redemption." That's what the, that's what everybody doesn't get who I critique. Like, I'm setting you up oh, yeah. for you coming out the other end, and 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 often guys are just like, "He's trying to bury us. He's trying to kill it." Like. I can't kill anything. Like, <laughs> let's make that clear. I can't kill anything that I, I can only put a toe tag on shit. Right. So yeah. the, the people are going to make the best out of whatever it is, or they're just going to fold. You guys obviously didn't fold. Um, What do you think? I mean, Manners has to be excited. Right. I mean, like, oh, <laughs> like this is, yeah, if this goes well, what, what, I mean, what would be the definition of success? I, I'm sorry. I asked the hard fucking questions. What's your, what's your definition of success for this show, both in terms of maybe numbers or just in terms of crowd reaction or what, what's, what's your, what's going to be, what's going to make you think after, at the end of the day, you and Kelly sitting there and she's just like, so what do you think? What's going to be, what's it going to take for you to go? Yeah, we 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 killed that one, or we hit a home run, or you know, I feel good about what we did. What's that gonna mean? Well, if, if the crowd doesn't react, that's gonna be a big negative. Yeah. So let's get on that. But uh, honestly, I don't think that's gonna be the case. Numbers wise, um, um, I look at it like I always look at the year before on a big show. So is the best way to to say it. Um, so I'm hoping over 300. Um, Manders has higher expectations, uh, but but David gets like that. He gets excited and is like, oh. And but the effect, the promotion we put into it, um, I, I'm hoping the number is going to be higher. I hate to always put that, uh, and I probably regret telling you that I think 300, just because it puts me in a box here. Where if it doesn't, then right. I feel like it's not a success. But at the same time, um, 
you know, it, it, you know, we have, I mean, as far as the stuff online, the stuff we've done with the radio, um, you know, we, we, if it does not draw, it is not for lack of trying because we, right. you know, we've tried to promote, promote, promote. We've, you know, done the, you know, systematically releasing the names of the guys in the tournaments with promos and then doing a systematic announcing the matches and then announce the brackets and having these little videos, having the interview with Adrian, which got a hell of a response, um, and just trying different uh, different things. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's important to learn, which I've learned a while ago. You know, if you, if you do the same stuff over and over again, you get the same results. But it's important to learn from other people and stuff. Uh, Matt um, did those videos for uh, PCW Remix. And Adam Vance told me that really inspired him as far as trying to make some videos and stuff for the Thanksgiving show where he, he did the stuff with the Sam Kennison quotes and stuff. And it, you know, so we're, you know, it is, you know, more so than the last show, which was the first show after all the bullshit went down. This show is like, okay, here we are. We've moved on. We got, and we're going to, you know, I I want it to be our show of the year. I want it to be our template for what we can do and show yeah. our best foot forward when it comes to the matches, the angles that'll be there, and all sorts of stuff. Awesome. Larry, please. So going forward then, you're going to run one in December, and then it'll be back to the twice a month? Is that how this is going to go? Yeah. Yeah, we took off the 21st. Because not for lack of ticket sales, but because I had a family Christmas thing, and I put it off for the last couple of years because of wrestling, and I finally had to give them one. And plus, December 21st before Christmas is the worst time to try to draw anyway. So I didn't, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, and we've run 20-something shows this year, and this break has served me well because I, you know, I mean, because we're doing every two weeks. So it's bam, bam, bam. I don't know how, but at the same time, this break has almost driven me into a minor depression because I'm so like, when's the fucking show gonna happen? You know, yeah. what are we, you know, I, I don't see how like Matt and Gary and Dylan do once a month because I'm just like uh-huh. chomping at the bit, you know. And uh, so is Manners for that matter because he's gotten used to it. Kelly is too. She just said because we're like ready to go, ready to do this, you know. I've been playing this one show forever and gone through it at six ways to Sunday, every different angle on it, and about to blow my mind on it. Which, as you know, Steve, creatively can be a negative because you start overthinking everything. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, 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 I agree. Like, I don't know how, like, Gary and Dylan do it in the sense that, to me, you can't tell a story. Like, I, again, too harsh of a statement, perhaps, but it, I believe it. Once a month show, if that's all you ever do is one show a month, it's bullshit. Like, it, it, you can't tell nuanced stories. Um, you, you, all you can do is, you know, set up, you put on a show. continue, on a and show. blow off. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, you end yeah. up running three months, a season-long angle. Because anything longer than that, you lose the thread. If somebody no-shows or has some reason that they can't make an appearance or an injury happens, you're fucked. Like, you're, you're done, right? You can't, you can't do nuance. You can't involve other I, – I don't know. To me, it's just too hard. Now, PCW did a ridiculous amount of shows, but that let me kind of do different stuff too. I mean, it was just like – all right, let me let me go see where this little you know this comedy thing is going, and maybe it turns into something bigger. I mean, it, I thought Drew Blood was a great example of that. Of here's a guy who seems like a sort of middle of the card guy, who mm-hmm. you could do a sort of serious thing with, and you could sort so, sort of show a transition there. Um, I, the once a month guys, I feel bad for honestly. <laughs> I'm just like yeah, I, I would I, have I a hard that. time doing it. I would have a hard yeah. time doing it. Yeah, and I agree sure. with that. I'm just maybe it's because I came up in the you know the wild side system, where it was every two weeks, and then you know Fridays every Friday. So you want to have that boom, 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 and tell that story, and have new stuff added. And it's harder to do that once a month. Like you said, if one person misses it, then that person's off for two months. So yeah. it's hard to you know you know it loses that loses that vibe. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, coming from the wild side system, you've been in the uh, every two week rhythm for quite a long time. <laughs> well, it's like when I game with Charles. Charles is doing like once a month or once every three weeks, and I'm the one yeah. who turned it into uh, once, you know, twice a month because it's like, you know, you need to. Because if it's once a month, and I remember he had some shows that were like once a month towards the end of one year, my first year. Um, and I was like, how can I do anything with this? It's like, it's just like, okay, here's some matches. I'll put as much story as I can into this. And then it was like, you know, let's, and I talked him into running a little bit more than when Manders uh, took over. We, you know, he was good with going um, twice a month. So. Well, and. Thinking back to that time period, you were plagued with different lineup problems during that once a month period too. So having getting continuity was a real nightmare at, at, during that time yeah. period. Yeah, it took so. a little bit to find, you know, splitting, dealing with different people, some talent I'd never met before, but only heard of, and then also it's, you know, Anarchy was uh, writing TV in that kind of TV bubble in a way, totally different yeah. from doing a, uh, you know. And that's why I say always keep learning. I went from doing Anarchy, which was always in that kind of uh, TV format, because that's what I learned from Bill. But um, right. but then taking it and doing a a position where you're uh, it's basically why I learned to draw money, is for lack of a better term, is like you know putting on matches that people want to see, and and then you know it's a totally different animal. We're not just putting on matches just to put on matches. Absolutely, absolutely. So Thanksgiving, it's going down. We're going to have oh, yeah. a new champion crowned. Yes. Do you do you feel like with with the new year coming up? I mean, obviously it's just a date, right? But with the new year switching over, and you'll have the new champion. Presumably, there'll be a bunch of great stuff that come out of the tournament as far as angles moving forward and that kind of thing. Um, what's your prediction for 2020 for Southern Fried? Like Charles always had the, you know, he always had this idea of like, we're going to run all these different towns and blah, 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 blah. And I haven't heard that stuff coming from Southern Fried lately, or actually most places, even the, (laughs) even a lot of places that were like, we're going to run this and that and there, like, like all that talk for the most part, seems to have died down. Is that something that's yeah. on Southern Fried's radar to run shows in other towns? Or, like, what's, what's coming up? If if you can review not, that stuff. If you can, I understand as well. Yeah, um, no, we're not looking at running other towns and stuff. I, I know when we first started, uh, when David first came aboard, we were doing some stuff in Cornelia. We were doing when uh, we were supposed to do some stuff in Dahlonega. And it fell through. In Dawsonville, it fell through. The buildings fall through. As a lot of times, Charles will get kind of – and then we had uh, another date somewhere we were supposed to do, but we never announced it. And you get all these people, oh, yeah, come run a show here. We'll do this, this, and this. And then when it gets closer to crunch time, all of a sudden they fall out. <clears throat> and that's one thing David's had to learn as a promoter. And um, I know uh, our first show in January, I can tell you, will be at a different venue – um, I can't remember the name of the church. It's in Monroe. It's a huge <laughs> church. Faith Baptist, I think it is. Um, I'm, it's near Brewster. <laughs> but it's like a mile down. It's a mile down from um, Boys and Girls Club. They've been housing us for like six or seven months, wanting us to run a show. Um, at one point, it was on the docket for December. But they want us to do it in January. It's going to be our first show in January. It's a huge building. They have lights and video screens, and, like, apparently it's supposed to be awesome. I'm going to try to go down and check it out um, next month since we got some downtime between our last show, December 7th, and then. Um, maybe a game changer as far as production goes because um, it's, it's only a mile away. Um, stuff, so. Oh, nice. And uh, so I, it's not like it's, people got to go out of the way. Go ahead, Larry. I hate abrupt endings, but our time is almost out. Uh, our air time is winding down. Todd, thanks a bunch for doing this show. Look forward to seeing yeah, you. Yeah, man. Thursday. Look forward to seeing you. And um, good luck. Yeah, yeah man. It's going to be exciting. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, right Steve. On. Enjoy your trip. Yes, sir. And it's my birthday that day. 
It's my birthday on November 28th, Thanksgiving. So oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, we're going to party like it's birthday. your birthday. Thank you. We'll be back December 10th with the award nominees because I think we're oh about God. out of time now. Well, good job, Larry. Thank you to Todd Sexton. Thank you to Cyrus. And we are out.